a class, we will review a little bit of the Sicha. This is in, um, in volume 15, and this is the third Sicha in volume 15. It's a complex Sicha. I'm not going to go through all the details because it's going to require a lot of uh, time and it's also uh, uh, takes you know a lot of study. But we'll bring out a few of the points that the Rebbe uh, brings down over there. But we'll, we'll start with the verses that you have by you. I mean, I just wanted to read to you. I mean, um, we'll, we can read it together. Um, this talks about you know, Jacob, he leaves uh, his home of Beersheba on his way he has this dream, he sees the angels, you know, he's running away basically from his brother and he's from his home, from his from Israel, from Beersheba, he's going into Choron, he's going into a very dangerous place and, um, and on his way there, Yaakov makes a vow to Hashem, he makes a vow. So I want to read inside, oh, so we read inside. Yeah, yeah. So Vayidar Yaakov Neder Lemor. So Yaakov made a vow saying, now what was his vow? He says like this, Im elokim imadi. If God will be with me, which means God has promised Yaakov that he will be with together, he will be with him as a protector. Anoichi imach Hashem said, he said to him, so if God will be with me, and then it says further, Ushmarani Asher and he will guard me, he'll protect me on this route that I'm going on. And further he says, Vinosan Li Lechem he will give me bread that I may eat, Uveged and a garment that I should wear. So he's saying, if God will be with me, he'll protect me. On the way that I'm going, he'll feed me, he'll give me food, he'll give me a garment. So then, he continues. That's not enough. He says further, he's making a condition. And he says, I will return back home to my father's home because God has promised him that he'll bring him back to Isaac. And then further, he makes the condition, he says, Hashem Hashem will be my God. What does it mean Hashem will be my God? So Rashi says that Hashem will be my God, which means that all my children, the name of Hashem will be on me from the beginning to the end, which means all my children will be good. No disqualification of any of my children. Uh, and... Um, so after doing all this, Hashem will do all this. Hashem uh, li So what does he promise Hashem in return? So he says, Va'even hazois in verse twenty-two. Va'even hazois asher samti matzeva. So then this stone that I've made as a monument, he basilikim. Then that will be the house of God. And he says further, Anything you give me, I will tithe. I'll give to you a tithe. Seems a little bit, in this simple level, seems a little bit difficult to understand. I mean, after all, Jacob was very devoted to Hashem. So, why is Jacob 
putting up so much conditions with Hashem. If you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do the other thing, you're going to give me everything that I need? Then, he says, I'll build this, and then I'll give you a tithing. So it's, it's almost like unbecoming for somebody of Yaakov's stature to make such uh, demands or expectations, to make such conditions, and saying, only if you will be good to me. Um, I guess, yeah, go ahead. No, I was thinking... Does he know yet that he's going to be meeting his brother Asaf? Oh no, that doesn't happen till later. Yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't happen. Okay, but so he knows he's going into dangerous territory. The lions, the land, the die. Yeah, the lions. Then, yeah. Yes, and so maybe he's saying, if you, if God willing, you bring me back in life, I will have a moon. I will have faith in you. And if not, he doesn't have faith. But well, you know, because I'll die. If, you know, because I don't come okay, back. Okay, so. So basically, good. I mean, good. So basically, what we're basically saying over here is what you're suggesting is that he wasn't really making a condition. He's saying that I'm only gonna do it uh, if you do this to me. Then you know, if God, if you're gonna be good to me, I'll be good to you. But basically, what he's saying is. If you're good to me, then you will allow me to do this. In other words, if I survive, like you said, and besides even his, uh, besides even the fact of Asim and everything else, but he's just basically saying that if I can, you know, return back home, you know, I'll, I'll do everything that I can, uh, but not, it's not conditional, but it's just that will provide for me the opportunity to do that. Yeah, okay, so that's that's what we have to... There is various ways of interpreting it. The simple meaning, it almost seems like he was making a condition with Hashem. Some commentaries say that he was saying, I will do extra, you know, I won't just do the minimum, I'll do extra, and this was referring to... But still, in the simple the way to look at it is he wasn't making a deal with God. What he was basically doing is saying to Hashem, that if you give me the opportunity to serve you, I will. Which, which by the way, there is... Um, um, the Rambam writes also in, 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 in the Maimonides. He also speaks a lot about, you know, why, you know, we find like a lot of the prophecies that we find in the... Uh, telling us about what's going to happen in the future about there's going to be an abundance of physical and material things, there's going to be a lot of... And why would uh, that be the ultimate good, you know? Wouldn't the ultimate good be, you know, knowledge, uh, knowing godliness, spirituality? I mean, why are we talking about uh, the very physical thing? The Maimonides explains and he says that the reason why the prophets and the sages wanted, because they didn't want to have distractions from from the connection to Hashem. And the reason why we all have a hard time is because we do have distractions, is because we have challenges, and we have other, we have a lot of obligations. And I mean, maybe we would love to sit and study Torah all the time, or we would love to daven all the time, we'd love to do mitzvahs all the time. That would be nice. But we don't have... We have other things that are in the way, but can you imagine if people did not have to worry about paying their mortgage or paying the car bills or the phone bills or the cell phones and everything else? We didn't have to pay, and it was everything was readily available. 
so people could free up themselves. They wouldn't be tied down. They wouldn't be running after all the time trying to keep stay on top of a float. But they would, uh, you know, they would be able to serve a ship. So the reason why they wanted the physical things was not because there's any value to the physical things. They wanted the physical things because that would help them basically serve Hashem. And really, that's also true. Uh, people who serve Hashem are not supposed to be poor. They're not supposed to be uh, you know, uh, down. Let's, let's just go and analyze a little bit. Um, look, look at these two verses. Um, and um, in the first verse in 20 what does it say over there everything he is hinging on Hashem he says if God will be with me God will protect me if God will give me everything God will give me it's all talking about things that God will do for him but in the second verse, yes, God promised him, but it doesn't say any more clearly, and God will bring me back. He says, and I will return back to my home. And Hashem will be my God, but not something which is hinges on Hashem. So there is uh, a certain connotation that the first blessing come Hashem will do for him and the second part is almost like he's saying something that I will do for myself that I will I mean Hashem will help me but I will return in peace something within himself so the Rebbe says we have to really look at the story of the Chumash that we read about Yaakov this is really the story of every individual. Oh. Every individual is the story. Why? Because Yaakov lives in Israel, which is, his father's is there, it's a nice place, it's a spiritually good place, it's a healthy place, and it's a place where you can connect with God. That resembles the situation of our soul before it comes down into this world. It's connected to Hashem. It's in a good place. It loves Hashem. And uh, therefore, um, when the Neshama is supposed to go down into this world, it becomes a challenge for it. It's just like Yaakov is leaving for Be'er Shava, is going out into the dangerous place to deal with Laban, to deal with uh, a cheater, to deal with worldly matters. The soul comes down into this world to deal with a lot of issues. And now the question is, why, why does Hashem do this? I mean, why does Hashem take a soul which is close to Hashem sends it to this world and gives it all kinds of distractions. So there's three points over here that, that the Rebbe brings down. Three points. Number one, um, before the soul is in this world, they're like a tzaddik. They only know about good. 
But we know that a person who made mistakes and then they turn themselves around, we know that they are even greater or they're more connected than even of the tzaddik because the fact that they were uh, a while away, they're yearning. It's like a child who's away from the father's home. He yearns after his his father and mother. He yearns after his home even more than a child who's always there. He'd never been away. So a soul that goes down into the world and has the challenges, and then, notwithstanding the challenges, it's distant, it's distractions. It wants Hashem, so then the force with the yearning for Hashem is even stronger. So you become like, the soul becomes like, after the soul finishes the work in this world, becomes like a Balchuva with more force. Number two, um, when a person is in this world, you can do Torah mitzvahs. You say, mitzvahs, those are like doing a lot of good deeds. You mentioned before, you can't do mitzvahs when you're just a soul. The soul can't do mitzvahs. The mitzvahs are scoring points. Those are very, very beneficial and very, very powerful uh, treasures that the uh, soul collects from the mitzvahs that it does while it's in this world. And number three, we are actually making this place, this world, into a place where Hashem can dwell. It's called the Dir Bitachtonim. Because when we take physical, material things, we do mitzvahs with them, and we uh, elevate the sparks according to the Kabbalah, we do. So we're, we're actually bringing Hashem into the world. So, three things. First of all, you, the Neshama, gets much stronger like a Baal Two, it gets to do a lot of mitzvahs in this world. And three, it gets to make this world as a dwelling place for Hashem. So when the the, uh, person makes a dwelling place for Hashem, um, there is um, two ways of doing that. So a lot of people think that they're only doing a mitzvah when they go to shul or when they go to daven or when they study Torah. That's the only time they doing a, they're they're making a dwelling place for Hashem. But what happens when they're just going on their business? They're going shopping in the store, or they're eating, or they're drinking, or doing the regular stuff. That's not a mitzvah. That's not a service of Hashem. Well, we know the Rambam spends a lot of time telling us that one needs to serve Hashem in everything that you do, not only when you're doing the mitzvah. So. Anything that you do, even you're doing things for yourself, you are still serving Hashem. In a way, when you're doing a mitzvah, it's obvious your connection to Hashem. But when you're just doing regular stuff, and you're doing it in a way for the purpose of Hashem, so you're actually revealing Hashem, not only in a mitzvah, you're revealing Him in the regular you're taking Hashem along with you for your shopping, when you're shopping for clothes, you're shopping for food, when you're speaking to somebody, mm-hmm. and you're, 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 you're bringing Hashem into the ordinary stuff. Like this, you bring Hashem only in your sukkah, only in your shul, only in your mitzvah, only in your home, only in your mezuzah, only in holy things. But 
How do you bring Hashem into the mundane things? Like watching movies? <laughs> Provided that that's something which is necessary. Some people watch movies because that helps them relax and okay. have, okay. and helps them, you know, function properly. I mean, again, depending on what you're watching. I mean, some things is educational, something is entertainment. I mean, it could be kosher entertainment as well, you know. I mean, it mm-hmm. could be... Again, I'm not ruling about that. I'm just saying the idea is... As long as it's permissible. Now, by the way, a person who has the ability to study Torah, especially by men who are obligated to study Torah all the time, they have a mitzvah of Talmud Torah, so they don't have really free time unless it's time that they mm. need for their uh, health, or for their well-being. Mm. It could be for the mental well-being. Again, people can stretch that various different uh, various different levels. Like sometimes I talk to somebody, I say, why don't you come to a class mm-hmm. sometime to learn a little bit? And they'll tell me, well, Shalom Bayit. You know, mm-hmm. I say, Shalom Bayit, but when you got to watch your football game, uh, then, then there is no Shalom Bayit. What is, so why, you know, you're picking and choosing when you want the Shalom Bayit? You know, it's, 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 it's really, people stretch, you know, their health and what they need. So, I mean, you can stretch it. But I mean, we're talking about it here, the point of here is, Everything we do, we have to do L'Shem Shemayim. There's also two levels. Chod and I'm not getting into the specifically, but basically anything we do should always be for a good purpose. You know, when we eat, you know, just eat normally, we should know. So we have strength. What do we do with our strength? That we should be able to uh, serve Hashem. There's a story printed in the back of the Tillam between it says that the rabbi asked the various, he asked the Jewish simple guy, uh, what's the ultimate goal of everything that you do? So he's, eventually it all boils down to so that he should be able to be a yid. And he asked the guy, what did he, he says to have a good drink of, uh, of mashke, you know, that, that's the ultimate goal. Depends <laughs> on the, what the ultimate goal of everything is. So the, the ultimate goal is to have a... Um, so anything that we do, needs to be for the purpose of Hashem. And, but by doing that, we're not only making a mitzvah for Hashem, we're taking an optional thing and making it to Hashem too. So we're bringing down Hashem even in places where He wouldn't be otherwise because He's not even commanded to, to, do, to, to do those things. So the Rebbe says that... Um, Um, he says, "What you know? We we struggle a lot of times to do a mitzvah. We have a challenge. We struggle to do a mitzvah. It's not easy." Is your machine on? Pardon me. Is it on? You're waiting. You're expecting a phone call. No, no. Okay, so Is it on? It, are they getting recorded? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's on. Okay. Fine. No. Thank you. If it's calling or not, if it's important, they know the important people have my no, phone. No, 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 we, we have an answering machine. Okay, thank you. Yeah, but we don't expect it. It's probably somebody trying to sell you something, you know, most of the time. Um, okay, but in, in any event, um, the um, when, when, when you're doing a mitzvah, you have a force that wants to do the mitzvah, because even though you have two forces within yourself, one 
is obstacles, one is a challenge, one doesn't want to do the mitzvah, but then you have your soul that wants to do the mitzvah. So, when you do a mitzvah, okay, we understand that the soul is the one that eventually that does the mitzvah because it overpowers, you get rid of the obstacle. So, if you're lazy or you're tired, you're not in a mood or you're, you're angry, whatever it is, and if you push that away and you get to do the mitzvah, so what does it mean? It means that your soul has won the battle and you're doing the mitzvah. Okay, that's but that the soul is a pretty strong power in the person. But when you're not doing a mitzvah, when you're just eating or you're just shopping, you're doing something else, over there you don't even have that extra power to give you that means that all what you're doing it basically is just doing it for Hashem, to make for Hashem a dwelling place without even, because you're not even commanded to do so. You're taking an optional thing and making that into Hashem. See, when we have, when we have challenges, uh, what, what, why do we have challenges? Because that reveals to us that we, we can actually do it. A lot of times people get upset when things go difficult for them and they said okay I'm gonna drop it no when things go hard what it really means is that you can find within yourself the strength to rise above it it makes you stronger it makes you on, on, a, on a higher madriga and a higher level and um, Didn't have too much time between all the picking up and everything else. I'm trying to um, uh, figure out what the Rebbe says over here. Um, Is Sicha a speech? Go ahead. Sicha means a speech. What did you say? Sicha. Does that mean a speech? Sicha? Yeah. Yeah, a talk. a talk. But they, they call this the Sikha, they call them the Rebbe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the Rebbe divides these two psukim, these two verses that he says. The first one he says, God will be with me. God will protect me. That he means the mitzvahs that he's going to do. That is what is going to have the protection from Hashem. Those are going to be what Hashem is going to give him, he's going to protect me. That is what Hashem is going to give him. The second verse, he says, that is what I'm going to do on my own. In other words, the parts, the, the, the strength that I'm going to find on my own, which means I'll have to work so hard and still make the world into a, a place for Hashem. And that's what's hinted in the verse when he says, I will return in peace uh, to my father's home and Hashem will be for, Hashem will be for my Elohim, which means it's something that he will do. Uh, so then what he's basically saying, what is he going to do in return for Hashem? What is he going to do for Hashem in return? Not in return as return. So he says that means... It's going to be a house for Hashem. What is the base of Lukim? 
I mean, when you take a look at them, what is the Beis Hamikdash? What is the sanctuary? He says that's going to be the real place in which Hashem is going to actually dwell. Because every time that we do something for Hashem, that means that we make the dwelling place and we allow for Hashem to, 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 to live there. Yaakov went out of Mitzrayim, of of Beersheba of Yisrael. He goes into Choram. He has to deal there with Lavan, he has to deal there with all the issues over there, and then he overcomes them. So what does he overcome them, and then what did, what did he accomplish? He accomplished that he transformed all the place that he worked over there. He did the mitzvahs, he raised his family, and he was able to transform and make even a place of Chorum, even a place which is considered to be a place where Hashem was not visible, make it a place of Hashem. You know, a lot of people live in very Jewish communities. They live in, uh, in Brooklyn, they live in Manhattan, they live in Yerushalayim, they live in Bnei Brak, mm-hmm. they live in Muncie, they live in Borough Park, Williamsburg. I mean, they live in, in places where uh, there's mitzvahs all over you. There's, uh-huh. there's yeshivas, there is schools, there is shuls, there is kosher food. Everything is there. We have everything is there. It's the place is full with mitzvahs. So one can think, okay, that's the place to be. I want to be in a place where there's a lot of where there's a big Jewish presence. I want to be in a place where Judaism is very easy. It's comfortable for me, and that's where I want to live. The parsha tells us, no, by Yitzchak Yaakov. Yaakov goes out from Be'er Sheva. You go out from Be'er Sheva. This is what the Rebbe, you know, last week we had a, a, a convention where we had old, Sarah mentioned before, we had all the Shaluchim come together. You have all the people that left Be'er Sheva, which means everybody grew up. We all grew up together in Crown Heights or in uh, Israel, in other different places, but in centers of Yiddishkeit. That's where we grew up. And then, that's where our father was. That's where the Rebbe was. That was Yiddishkeit was. So then, by Yetzi Yaakov and Beersheba. So Yaakov leaves Beersheba, leaves the Beersheba. Where do we go out? We go out in the Chor. And over there we have to deal. Like Yaakov. A, we have obstacles. Because you got Laban, the Armenian, the cheater. He tries to interfere. And you come out in places and where people don't understand what you're doing and how you're doing it and you know you have to overcome and then not only that then Yaakov has his family over there he has all of his children are born over there in there so not only not in Israel that he had over there and not only that they were all righteous people all of his children were righteous but not only that Yaakov worked with Laban's sheep. He took the sparks, the, that's what the Kabbalah tells us that he accomplished over there. He did tremendous work through his work with the sheep that he did over there. And that's what the Shaluchim of the Rebbe do. They go all to different places. They raise families over there. And God sends them their blessings, Baruch Hashem. 
And Sarah was going to tell us the story from that she started on before with the blessing that Hashem gave to that, to, to, to also it came through the Rebbe. I think she missed out that part because the first child came also as a blessing from the Rebbe. I think, I believe that that's what it happened. But um, you get the blessing. But then the most important play, thing is you find people in places that, you know, uh, who are so far away, who are so lost, who have really no, no real connection to Yiddishkeit, and you find them and you discover that spark and you bring them back and you make in places which are so far away and you make so Hashem's resting place you create places for Hashem in the furthest corners of the of the world and in, the, in, 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 in so many different places so all what I can say is that we do what Yaakov does and when you do that you end up at the back you end up coming back and you end up bringing back not only yourself but you come back to Eretz Yisrael which means spiritually you connect to Hashem, you don't only lose, but you actually gain and you make for Hashem a place and for yourself and for all your accomplishments. And that's that's accomplishment. That we saw vividly, uh, all the smiling and happy faces. You know, sometimes you would see people saying, Oh, you give out, I gotta go back to my place, I gotta go somewhere. Yeah. No. Everybody is smiling and everybody's happy. Everybody's lucky to be part of the army of Hashem, the Rebbe's army, and trying to do the Rebbe's work. And all together we come back in peace and um, we ask Sarah to continue with her story.